You'll be crushing Monday Night Football, chasing the weekend. Crushing, yeah. <laughs> crushing some football. Well, it'll be Tuesday. So second half overs, things of that nature. Oh, you're right. It will be Tuesday. Yeah, but action. action. <laughs> Little action parlay might in some Celsius <laughs> might do me right. <laughs> Sweat the beak. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This here is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com or at the Wheel Route on Twitter, wheelroutepodcast.gmail.com is the email address. And uh, as always, you can download the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podville, Stitcher. Um, we're, we're all over and available. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Log on the Dawn. Uh, coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida, where uh, we fought through the remnants of a rainy weekend today. Uh, you know, haven't had just like a rainy couple of days in a while. So it was quite nice yesterday to wallow in, in sorrows and watch football games that I was pretty invested in go not my way throughout the day. Um, but Jordan, I was keeping you apprised. Not that Jason understands any of this kind of talk, but Tremendous day gambling yesterday for you boys. Oh, Tremendous. Same, brother. We had a lot of action all over the board. We did great. I, I mean, I was I was in, and I did a good job of limiting myself today in the NFL so as to not lose all my lose all so my. Not completely so, give it back. Yes, right, right. I did hit on one boost today too. You'll be happy to know that. But oh. I failed on two others just because they were too juicy to pass up. Dak Prescott got some issues with you, buddy. Just a Dan Mullen product. Another Dan Mullen. Another issue. failed Dan Mullen experiment. The Dak Prescott. I needed you to throw for 300 yards against the measly Chiefs, and we couldn't even do that. Oh, it's that all was about a terrible momentum. Game. The Chiefs have Uncle Mo on their side right now, Logan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. All right, who else is here? Uh, my name is Jordan Shank. I am in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia, where uh, we've gotten back to just kind of like regular November fall weather. It feels like nothing Looking too harsh. To uh in in either direction degrees wise um i'm on twitter.com at shank jordan uh how, how about tiger woods you know he he posted one video of one wedge shot and everyone lost their collective mind not even a not even a full wedge shot just yeah a just tempo town just, he took my, he took my pants to tempo town that's for sure <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm so ready for the speculation and will he you know i'm i'm scanning the board already for some masters odds because yeah. i think that's a, a prudent use of funds at this point what do you think is under the leg sleeve uh hopefully Megatron, an iron Megatron, man leg Megatron leg. Okay. <laughs> that's but uh i'm I'm, pro- I'm probably gonna guess it's more likely a really ugly scar I'm slash just gash not a, like a not a michael jackson leg is all i'm hoping just like not okay just completely off yeah all right well yeah we'll, we'll see we'll keep an eye on that <laughs> it does look good like i think uh yeah. i think if nike's smart they might roll out some uh nike leg sleeves sun protection of course will be how they market it so it's kind of tasteful but um mm. good point how how many leg sleeves are we gonna see out at like 
freaking Lakeview Golf Course this summer. Oh no! From the yeah. JMU boys, because it's it's. I hope all of them. It's going to be non-zero it's number. Hashtag like branding. We'll tubby fifty-one-year-old, yeah, tubby fifty-one-year-old guys with leg sleeve on, looking like prime Dwight Howard stumping yeah. around the golf. Course. I don't wear Nike because they cooperate with China too much. I wear Copper Fit because Brett Favre <laughs> told me it was okay. <laughs> the gloves, the Copper Fit gloves. There will be a lot of that. I'm really sure. Hard. Who else is here? <clears throat> My name is Jason Crick. I uh, oh, I'm, ex- I'm excited to be on on a Sunday. I feel like I haven't done this in a bit. Um, but I am not in the friendly city of Harrisonburg. I am coming to you live and in no color from the Naples Grande Resort in Naples, Florida. Oh, resort life. Yeah. You you guys have a pool yet? Indoor-outdoor situation? I have not. There's not an indoor-outdoor situation. There does look to be a solid pool. There is... uh, So I I encourage you you guys to pull up Google Maps of this place because... The beach seems like it uh, should be very close. You said this is the Naples Grand Resort? Naples, yeah. Grande, Grand, the Grande, Grande Beach Resort. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's correct. Um, oh, yeah, no, there's a bay between you and the there's a There's a whole bay between. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you got to go You gotta go past Clam Pass Park, brother. Yeah, You're on the outer exactly. side of the outer, the outer Clam Bay. Wow. Right. Um, so I... <laughs> There's got to be a strip club in Naples named the Outer Clam, right? Probably. Like, there has to be. Uh, <laughs> so, so I had disgusting. to. I was. Yeah, that's that's horrifying. It's really nasty. <laughs> Just. And you know what the VIP room is called too, but we, we should probably oh, no. cut this. Yeah, oh, we should probably no. cut this. It's the pearl. Oh. Um, yeah, so I was I was like oh, I got some free time yesterday evening, and I was like oh, I'll walk out to the beach to get my toes in the water and stuff like that. And I passed, and they had, like, golf carts running to the beach, but there was a wedding going on. So I was under the impression wow. that they were wedding-only golf carts. So I just were started Were you in a walking. white linen, linen shirt and khakis? Did you look like I you wish. were ready to oh, just what hit a up look. a wedding? Some, some team-issued JMU Dukes linen. Exactly. <laughs> flowy garb. Yep. That's what I need. Resort I need wear. JMU. Just JMU branded resort wear. Um, but so I started walking, and it, like, you can see on the map, it winds through trees. Yes. Uh, and it's just this like boardwalk that winds through trees, exactly two go karts wide or golf carts wide. And um, it like constantly, it's literally, you can see it clam pass beach path. Mm-hmm. Um, and it winds back and forth a little bit. And it constantly feels like the beach is like right around the corner. And then it's emphatically not. And you cross the bay like two thirds of the way into the walk and you still got to cross the whole other section of land. It's like a 25-minute walk to the beach. It was ridiculous. Yeah, then it looks like you pass. get to uh, Rhodes End Restaurant. Roads End. Yeah, there was a little restaurant, and it was closed by the time I got there because it was a night out when I walked out. <laughs> you didn't start at 10 a.m. Yeah, exactly. You didn't want to take a couple of my ties to Pound Town. So I just I cut End. across the so, – so I cut across the um, little, like – patio with all the beach and the, like the employees of the restaurant were like stacking the stuff up because they were closed and they were just like uh sir i was like i'm fine i'm just walking into the water and they're like okay yeah never to return i'm just don't bother me just doing just, the water. i don't want to talk about it i've been walking for so anyway so i didn't touch the you... dip my toes in the water but... oh good good at at, at dark yeah it was dark got it got it and then i had uh, i got back i walked back and it turned out the golf carts were not exclusively for the wedding party oh, either that wow. or they were and i just the guy felt bad for me because I just hopped on one of the golf carts and it was still like four or five minutes back. Right. Sure. 
crazy. That's a lovely golf cart ride, though. I'm sure that was exhilarating. It was. It was. I had a tip jar there, and I, I don't. I think I saw it after I got off, and it would have been super awkward to go back and like try to. Oh yeah, sorry. You just gotta do it like uh, private golf style, like uh, swing coach Mike does it. Just be like, "Hey, son, just hold on a second there. Let me take care of you." Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't go like, anywhere. Be, real quick. Just, like make a significant deal yeah. of it. Right? Let me take yeah. the elevator back to my room and yeah. uh, get you some cash. You stay here. Son. I just need to run by the penthouse for a moment. What was your name, sir? Brendan. Cool. Uh, awesome. Well, Jason, um, how are the Dukes doing? Uh, in basketball. Yeah, the reason that you're in. The, the, yeah, the reason I'm here. The so Boca, we the Boca Grande Reach Beach. We have uh, we have our first uh, game of the event tomorrow. Oh. Or Got today, it. depending on when you're listening to this, it was it'll a good probably shoot, be Monday, right? Um, against Kent State, it's a very strong mid-major tournament. But the Dukes are four and zero right now. Picked up a big win over George Mason on Friday. Yeah, front of a great crowd. Right, transitive Dukes are, over Dukes Maryland. Good. Say what? Killed. Transitive win over Maryland. Exactly. They were fresh off beating Maryland. Yeah, killed my ten-game parlay that night. George Mason did. George Mason did. Yeah, yeah so I'm all in on them. They're gonna they're gonna win a, a 12-5 game this year. I'm certain of it. So. The Dukes, you mean? Well, I mean, the Dukes are gonna be like a three seed. So. Well, yeah. okay, Who you're right. Kidding? That's fair. <laughs> the very rare uh, CAA two birth yeah. situation. <laughs> I seed. Um, yeah, the the Dukes basketball are doing well. Excited for the week. Games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wow. Does is JMU basketball going to be able to make the tournament? We are eligible for the NCAA tournament. But you would have to get an at-large bid? Correct. Yeah, mm. That sucks. Yes, it does. Well, you're going to have to play well. Yeah. Yeah, we probably need... Probably need to beat the Who's, which is probably doable. Need, probably need like 28, 28 wins this year, probably. The Who's would appear to struggle to put the rock in the bucket. They are uh, they're ripe for the beating this it is, year. Yeah, the, the offense doesn't look... great. Doesn't look awesome so far. I'm getting some... I'm getting some some vibes to the pre Kyle guy teams and it's not, not yeah. great. Well, the class they just signed is supposed to be, you know, another, another stalwart class. So hopefully super, super excited, super excited yeah. for them to not be able to play for three years until they've proven that they can slap the floor and defend and never shoot. But one day, one day we'll get there. Um, all right, cool. Well, go Dukes basketball, yeah. and, you know, and Dukes football. All Dukes. Go all Dukes. Yeah. Go all Dukes. What are we drinking tonight, boys? Um, I've got uh more polar bubbly water. This is raspberry lime night tonight. Ooh, ooh, a so, banner evening. Love it. Yeah, I'm glad that you're in the celebrating mood as well. <laughs> yeah, Ricky. Uh, I, as I am in uh, the hotel and did not acquire a beer at the okay. downstairs bar, I am Rhodes, without Rhodes and Ro- without Rhodes beverage. And I did not. I did not hike to Rhodes End <laughs> to pick myself up a beverage. Just steal a golf cart, you know. That's a that's a bummer. Um. You know, I think I, I said I need to start boozing on the podcast again, so I'm boozing on the podcast again. Plus, you know, reason to celebrate this evening. So we're Hope Springs Eternal in, in Titletown, and uh, I'm drinking a little, a little burbskin, burbskin here. To, to celebrate uh, an opening in Gainesville. Yeah. Yes. Yes, a new opening in Gainesville. Uh, just a dash of uh, St. Augustine Distilling Company uh, Old Fashioned Mix in there as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. What uh, what bourbon you rocking with tonight? Oh, uh, this is the this is the Russell's Reserve Ten Year. Oh, so, very nice. One of my go tos actually. I like it. It's good. Uh, well priced, good value. Um, but uh, you know, good to drink. 
not too light. Sounds yeah. Sounds sounds like a win all around. Yeah, I think you might have had you might have tried it when you were here. I'm not I'm not positive. It sounds familiar. Maybe yeah. maybe two two trips ago. Regardless, that's what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, geez, uh, you guys. I mean, you guys got anything else? Otherwise, we got college football to talk about. Well, I mean, we touched on it a little bit in the pre-show, but I I successfully waited outside of an ABC store this weekend. Speaking of bourbon. Um, Big big collectible release day in the state of Virginia. Uh, They, so, instead of putting these particular releases in online lotteries, which they have done for several years prior, uh, they've started sending some of them to stores on a pre-announced date and they say, okay, every store in the state will get between 24 and 30 bottles of these four or five releases. And you, you they kind of leave it up to the honor system for people to like wait outside it in line, you know, civilly and appropriately <laughs> sure. without causing a scene. Um, and the line I was in was fine. Uh, I, the stores opened at 10 a.m. on Saturday. I got to my store at 7.30, um, and I was 16th in line. Um, the the folks at the front had spent the night outside. Um, in but Where was this? Where physically was this? Give me, give me a specific ABC store. This store was the store in the Walmart shopping center by Garbers Church Road, so the Dayton, Dayton? Walmart, okay. John Wayland. Okay. Yeah. Highway or whatever they call it these days, by the uh, by the the super shoes or whatever behind uh, the KFC. Formerly, there was a super shoes there. I don't know or a rack room or something. I think that that was Harrisonburg's Crossing. I think I don't know yeah. that there was a super shoes in the Dayton one, but that doesn't sound right. Okay. Behind the KFC, right there, was, there was a. There was it's a, the a, combo a KFC A and W. Correct is, is in front yeah. of that shopping yeah. center. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm tracking corner that. corner of Erickson and John Wayland Highway. Yeah, John Wayland Highway. There you go. Please so. be a shoot story right there. So yeah, I uh, I I did my waiting. I I got a good bottle and uh, you know sit on it, let let value appreciate and see see if I want to crack it eventually. But uh, what was the goal? What was the target? Was or can you discuss? Oh yeah, so the target uh, was George T. Stag, and okay. that is a. $100 bottle at retail price and if you buy it on the secondary market it costs you right around 900 to a thousand dollars okay I've cool. I've had the treat of trying it and it is delicious um, sure I would pay every dime of the hundred dollar retail for it and drink it myself um, I got a Weller foolproof bottle uh, I also had the option of getting the Elijah Craig 18 uh, or the E.H. Taylor single single barrel, and I went well or foolproof. So, gotcha. wasn't wasn't gonna have a bad choice among yeah. among the releases there. So, yeah, I've said sense. I think I I said this to you, Jordan, but like I I very much like respect and appreciate the various fandoms that you are a part of yeah like yeah, the, the various sure. subcultures it's like it's a really like genuinely cool thing and, and you certainly you certainly like are in the mix at a lot of like people watching situations yeah. like that i feel really like are great for there's, this, this platform. there's cards like, there's bourbon yeah. there's gambling there's, there's just, often like, like an incident in the card aisle yeah, you, just like get, you get break. outstanding stories and i yeah appreciate well it. so apparently uh 
this this release event, um, the Mount Jackson store apparently had some drama at it this weekend. Um, okay. So like a buddy of mine from that work out. and I were were texting back and forth that Correct. weekend, like trying to figure out, okay, like which store are we going to? When are you gonna get there? Blah blah blah. Um, so I got to the store I was at before he did. He I told him I'm 16th in line. So he called me, said, okay, I'm I'm going up north. I'm gonna go to this other store. So he went and the store he went to, he was sixth in line and he got there later than I did. So I'm gonna wow. file that away for next year. Might have to change change the game plan up a little bit. Um but he what said about going to Mount Jackson though, which is that's tough. That's he tough. said apparently so he was not at the Mount Jackson one, but he, oh, he heard right. from another source that at the Mount Jackson one, there were, there were some heated discussions slash arguments, uh, especially concerning folks who had driven in from out of state. Um, oh. Because some of, some of the drama around this is like, if you go through the online lottery, only Virginia residents can enter, win, and buy those bottles. But right. when they do in-store sales, uh, everybody is eligible to do it. Mm. So they did it on a Saturday morning and attracted some folks from neighboring states, which, you know, they're, I the mean, you counts can, the same. Like, hit a but, seven iron from Mount Jackson to a neighboring state. So, sure. you know, that's not... Uh, especially that's not especially my new Apex seven iron. Can, <laughs> yeah, you're you right. You're right. You're right about that. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, that sounds like... <laughs> That's a fun activity. So a little Saturday, mixed it up on a Saturday morning, and then you just tucked in, took in some football? Yeah, just got home, uh, tried to take a quick siesta, but I think I was just too I was too amped from having a successful stay. And I also spoils, needed to get back out the there. Need to get back out there, run an errand and uh get get Jason's key off his porch for the White House clan. So you know that's right not excited, not excited to brag about how good of a friend i am but you know I was, <laughs> I was putting it on the line saturday oh yeah yeah no we are heading north this week looking forward to seeing you guys live in the flesh touching your faces and whatnot um and uh yeah i laid out my cold weather golf attire today so you know if it don't worry if it will will be hidden it's i'm glad i hope it's i hope it's heavily layered top and bottom okay, bottom multiple bottom layers you know, I like to have a lot of layers because I'm I'm a I'm a real free swinger. So yeah, well, yeah, that's fair. I did go today, Jordan. You'd be happy to know to the one of the most, um, shall we say, low rent driving range operations I've ever been to. This is the secret driving range that we could not find at the Heritage Ridge Golf Course. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I found it, and <laughs> Jason, we we rolled up to this place, and it, they're like. I, I was like, it says online you guys have a range. Like, what's what's the deal? Like, I'm pretty sure I don't see one here. And like, the guy was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, lot. it's not here. <laughs> and it was like, all right, so where 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 is it? You know, go, go on. <laughs> go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, well, he just like Logan goes, Yeah, you guys have a range. He goes, Well, yeah, but it's not here. And we're like, okay. And he goes, Yeah, it's out, it's out there next to US one. And he just kind of like pointed out yonder. And he's like, you like, can't take a cart there because of yeah, like sure. rules about driving on the roads. And I was sure, like, oh, sure, this sure. is like, I mean, you got to get back in the truck with your stuff. I mean, this is a drive. So anyhow, I did go there. Um, I mean, it's, you know, guys, it's charming. Like a real crappy golf situation to me is always charming. I always yeah. Find Do you get grass tees out there at least? 
Um, there you can hit off the grass. Okay. Uh, grass, eh, <laughs> loose, loose. You know they they're getting Flora, a little at least. Yeah, there is some greenery to hit off of if you want to. They have mats. Um, not a whole lot of tea situation there for the mats. Uh, and they, it's just like a shed that has a machine in it. That they use like feed dollar bills into and get nice. You seriously get such an eclectic collection of golf balls coming in. Like this is the David Whitehouse shag bag that we have had like schlepping around in our basement since I, since 1987, you know, like there are golf balls. And I mean, there was like one of those weird, like plastic, like Volvic ones. There was a, uh, you know, yeah. a bunch of like random, like pinnacle range balls. Uh, it was, it was hilarious. I, I really want to hope that a lot of them were kind of dead because didn't really seem to be absolutely, you know, squaring them up today and hitting them too far, but it was fun. You know, we got some, we got some golf clubs on some golf balls. Got so. some hacks in. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Pounded a couple. There's a big sign there that said no shots over 220 yards. And every single person there is just lining up drivers and just banging them down there. I was like, okay. So what's on the other side of the range that they're like trying to protect? Nothing. Um, This is probably a development. Uh, Okay. Maybe some there's, I think there's some houses over there. So Jordan, it's like North of the golf course. So yeah, closer to us one. Well, yeah. I remember when we like, when we drove out leaving yes. after our yeah, round, we were like, yeah, yeah, Oh yeah. yeah, there's the range. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just went because I was just really morbidly curious at this point, just to see what, what it was all about. So yeah, we're good. I don't really like the mats that leave like the green residue on the clubs that you got to kind of like the plastic, you got to scrape off. That's no fun. I don't know how yep. semi season does it with that, but um, yeah. So I had to, I had to, the clips off this evening but they'll be nice and shiny ready to ready to take it on glad to hear it looking forward scoop to up some valley soil with them that's right um all right well let's get to it we have talked about it but uh i guess this is sort of a ding dong to which is dead situation here for the gators um <laughs> took a tough l at missouri in one of the most just underwhelming performances of all time dating back to the Kentucky game when really all this started to go off the rails for the Gators earlier this year. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Florida takes an L this morning, comes out, Dan Mullen's been, um, I think, well, it's been fired, released, uh, whatever. Um, he's getting his buyout. So shout, shout out to, <laughs> shout out to the bag, of course, but uh, yeah, Florida is going to be in the, in the hunt. Looking for a new coach, um, definitely ramps up the coaching silly season uh, attention. I think, I mean, a lot. There's, there's already some just absolutely big jobs open. Um, I think Florida joins LSU as a job that would be extremely desirable at all times. And I would, you know, maybe a little bit biased take, but I mean, I think Florida is a top five job um, at yep. its best. And, uh, so I'm not sure that we've been at its best. Dan Mullen had a pretty good record at Florida, but things have been kind of papered over and weird this year on a, on a bit of a five-game losing streak here. Not No, not a five-game losing streak, but I think they've lost – they're two and five in conference with wins over Tennessee, of course. Can't, can't be a Florida season without beating Tennessee. Right. And um, Vanderbilt are your two conference wins this year. Did have Alabama on the schedule, haven't won any of the other games. Um, but I think it's more than just the losing. Uh, it, it, it appeared that there was some, and the athletic director, Scott Strickland, um, did a pretty good job of, I think, pointing this out in his press conference this afternoon. But 
he kept making sort of references to little things. Like there was a lot, there was just, we want a coach that, you know, especially we're talking about who they're going to go after for the next coach, uh, a coach that does a, a good job of attracting, um, managing the team was something he said and taking care of little things. He, he made a lot of sort of references to maybe like the organization that wasn't there under Mullen. So um, if you guys have any thoughts, I mean, personally am, excited by the prospects of a coaching search. I think it's always fun. Um, certainly not like the best of situations. I think Dan Mullen's a good football coach, but I think that that's, I think he's a football coach. I don't really know that he's a very great manager. And I think that was his undoing at Florida. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with your kind of assessment of where that uh, opening would rank. I think it's, the the most appealing job open right now um i would put it above lsu um and yeah i like i'm i'm wondering do you think strickland was tipping his hand is like we we have our guy kind of already in mind and that's why we're laying these seeds of like dropping the tidbits about managing the program and being detail oriented in these things. I always wonder like when ADs come yeah. out, cause like Whit, ba Whit Babcock did something similar with like, sure. here's all the things we're looking for. Right. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, okay. Like you're just lining all that up. So when you announce the hire, like, oh, would you look at this? Like I all he these checked all I of said, our boxes. Yeah. yeah right, all these yeah. boxes that I <laughs> created in the press conference after I released uh, Justin Fuente, I have now checked them off with this one hire. And look at yeah. look at how efficient that was. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. No. I think I, I think some of that might be true. I think also Florida was maybe trying to get at least a little bit of momentum ahead of Miami, uh, a job that's likely to come open in state that is dealing with some similar like structural instability issues as Florida right now, at least uh, at the top of the athletic program. Um, as a side note, Strickland was asked during this press conference if he had any comment on some of the like women's basketball allegation stuff that came out this week, which is just more, more of more stories of the same. Um, I don't know if you guys are that familiar with the story there, but Florida's men's basketball women's basketball coach got fired, I believe it was earlier this year, um, and turns out he was just like, just you know, a terrible guy. Uh, verbally and potentially physically abusing players and, and, and whatnot. So um, it seems like that there, the athletic director likely was, or should have been definitely a, a million percent more aware of what was going on there. And uh, was not, that's not immediately clear that uh, anything, any action was taken in the time that it should have been. So that all said, he had no comment on that situation. However, it did seem like he, um, I mean, he was pretty, strong in his response on like, you know, do you feel like the boosters and the athletic administration have given you like the confidence to make, to go out and make this hire? Mm. So like, I don't, I don't know that Scott Strickland is fearing for his job right now. I don't, <laughs> these situations are obviously like very nuanced and terrible. It seems like as, as the, uh, in the role, uh, you should be responsible for what's going on on your watch and um, I don't know what kind of responsibility is taken to date, but, uh, you know, there's probably some work to be done there. So I, I don't know that Scott Strickland is 100% like locked in this day either, um, which could make this whole situation really weird too. If then yeah. 
is looking for an AD. And I know that Florida's president, I believe, is set to retire in like the coming year, uh, if not much less than a year. So um, could be could be a big flip there of uh, of power at the University of Florida. Um, but who would have thought Mike White, the basketball coach, would be the just the cream of the crop around there these days? That just guy, the stalwart. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, Jason, you got any anything you want to get out, get off your chest? Uh, you guys covered most of it. It's a very fluid situation, I guess. Fluid's not the right word, but there's a lot of moving parts of Florida right now, and yeah. I'll be interested to see how it all takes place. I think. Um, I mean, I, I hope they have someone lined up that they want to go after. Right? Yeah, I, I would. I would think. Do. I mean, so every AD worth his salt, as I'm sure Scott Strickland is, has a list in a drawer at all times. Um, We're in they, the notes app. Yeah, they, they, like it was the notes app kind of guy. Um, grammatically correct and everything, I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm guessing that exploratory work has already been done. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing working against Florida is the recruiting the last couple of years. Um, the thing yeah. that probably I, th- I think if all if if recruiting was fine, this guy like and Mullen was leaving for not getting the most out of his recruiting or something like that, right. then the job would be well above both USC and LSU. Um, I think the fact that what the, the athletic wrote a piece today uh, where they pointed out that Florida has like something like six, five stars on its roster right now. Yeah. And Georgia has like 19 and Alabama has like 16. Right. And so I think that probably might be daunting for somebody, but it is without question, a top 10 job in the country and it's not going to scare anybody away. So. Yeah. 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 And I wonder too, like, is, is that a less daunting prospect that the cupboards might not be as full as you would maybe expect Florida to be because the transfer portal has grown into what it is as like, that's that could help. That could help and hurt too, yeah. but it could, it could certainly help. I, I've, yeah. I mean, you, you kind of, I think, Strickland was asked actually, how much does recruiting, you know, how do you, you know, vet coaches based on recruiting success? Do you guys just look at rankings? Is it word of mouth? Like, I mean, and I thought that was a really interesting question. Yeah. And of course he didn't, he didn't really provide like a mega insightful answer because that's a hard question to answer also. But um, I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, he, I mean, but he, he mentioned it as like uh, something that needed to get cleaned up, you know, and, and improved upon, in, you know, under the guise of, uh, roster management and you know uh, team management and, and things like that so um, I don't think like Florida's recruiting has been bad by their standards Florida was recruiting at a top five level under Muschamp damn yeah. they, they had the number one I think they had the number one class in the country when Matt Quinn got fired that rings a bell Matt Corral was in that class and Mullen chose Emory Jones over Matt Corral so like I mean these are the decisions that you make right yeah. that like you know and then you you and it's it's not like Emory Jones got Dan Mullen fired, but he you know Dan Mullen hitched his wagon to Emory Jones is my handpicked guy. I recruited him when I was at Mississippi State. I was the first one to offer him a D one scholarship, and you know these things kind of like you know Dan being who he is, probably stubborn as hell and prideful, and you know everything wants so bad probably for Emory Jones to prove him right, and you know he's gonna he's gonna make all that go. But you know you look back at Mullen's tenure. Felipe Franks would have been Florida's quarterback if he hadn't broken his leg. And, yep. and we, we would have never met Kyle Trask probably. 
and Kyle Trask. And then you have last year where you have this perfect situation where Trask is awesome. And that's a gift that was just a two-star guy that was on your roster out of nowhere. And, you know, Kadarius Tony is awesome. And you have two big wide receivers and you have the best tight end any of us have ever seen in college football all on your team. And honestly, I, I think that like, I think I was talking to my dad and he was like, well, they had a, they had a good year last year. And I was like, yeah, but like, if you look at it, like, did they have a good year last year? Like, I think that that offense really papered over a lot of defensive shortcomings. Their defense was just awful last year and they could not run the ball one bit last year. And they just happened to have a quarterback that was from Texas and was ready to sling it, you know, and that's cool. Sounds and, pretty and, familiar and, to, and, to some Virginia fans. Yes, exactly. You're, you're yeah, playing and, all the hits from the yeah. 2021 who's right Believe now. me, Jordan, believe me, Jordan. Don't think that I don't see this. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is ridiculous. But um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that had Mullen shown a little bit of, foresight which you know you would expect from that position especially a guy making 7.9 million dollars a year mm. um to be able to you know Todd Grantham should not have been coaching the defense this year and I don't care what his salary was like he should not have been uh calling the defense this year after the product that they put on the field last year and um you know and his Todd Grantham's documented uh lack of success at after staying at places for you know over a handful of years like it's just the jig was up. And, you know, I think that uh, some of those mercy killings two weeks ago now look kind of crappy uh, seeing that, you know, the head coach got fired two weeks later, but, you know, you also went out and absolutely laid an egg against Missouri. So yeah, here's what it is. The Missouri game didn't get him fired. I think he was likely dead man walking regardless, but uh, does set up a fun Florida, Florida state bowl <laughs> eligibility game next weekend. Noon bowl eligibility bowl. That's right. That's right. We love those, Jordy. So, um, but yeah. So I guess I, before I just like, you know, I, we, we don't need to spend too much more time on this, but before I, you know, revise my big board, I'm curious what you guys, like, who would be the like ideological fit at Florida in your mind? And then who, who would like scare you if like, if, if, if Florida hired? I guess scare me if I was a Florida fan and I Um, I would make me nervous. If you were a rival, if you were a rival fan, I was a rival. If you're rooting against Florida, who do you least want Florida to hire? Lane Kiffin. Just because I, I think he is the most volatile, like could, could crash and burn, could also go win an Eddie prospect. I, I agree with that. And at this point, my body is ready. <laughs> but I can't be hurt anymore. That's certainly for sure. Yeah. Jason, what do you think? Um, I think I'm less worried about Lane Kiffin. I mean, Lane will make things like exciting and crazy. But there's also like a, there's a reason Lane keeps flaming out here and there. And maybe he's turned over a new leaf. But sure. like we said the other day, he literally went on Levitard's show and just like, talked wistfully about Boca and how <laughs> yeah. much it was better than Oxford. Like, his, his literal place of employment. Week four of the college so like, football season, yeah. Yeah, so for me, like, if it's Lane, it's just like, oh, let's just, let's just wait. And, just wait and, him out. Yeah. yeah, and I think I would be more worried if they get Stoops from Kentucky. Oh, the Kentucky Stoops? Yeah. Interesting. I think he's a really good coach. I think he is too, but I'm going to say for me, for me, He's too much. Uh, the reason that you would talk yourself into him would be like very similar to Dan Mullen. Like, oh, he's maxed out what he's done at Kentucky. 
And um, I've never really been super impressed with their offensive approach under him, as is well documented on this podcast. But he does recruit and it actually prioritizes recruiting way more than Mom does. So he turns out pros pretty well. Yeah, like, no, no, no. They, they've they've had talent, and so I mean that that is that's interesting. He's not certainly not sexy, um, not like. But I no, think you're not gonna I mean, very effective. That's so. harsh. While we're on the topic but, of not um, sexy, could I, I interest you in a lightly used Dave Clawson, Logan? <laughs> no, no, you could not. I, I don't all, think I don't think I'm Mark Stoops. <laughs> I don't think Mark Stoops wins the press conference, but I do think that he's who I like. If if somebody with his coaching ability. Was it Florida? I'd be like, oh, that's a, hmm. yeah. Do you well, think Florida has? Like, a it it kind of feels like a like it, the same kind of thoughts. Not not quite as much because he was a rising star. But when Tony Bennett was hired at Virginia, it was like, oh, okay, like that's a really good hire. He probably couldn't do much more at Washington State, but now that he has resources, look out. Exactly. <laughs> do you think Florida has the patience to like give? give a Mark Stoops the necessary time to lay the groundwork. If the recruiting classes are awesome, yes. Because That's true. I do nothing, think Florida as Florida as, Twitter is yeah. as I mean give them they they are it is a toxic it is a toxic yeah. place. But these SEC <laughs> fan bases are plugged in on recruiting and they get it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it's yep. not it's not for nothing. So that, that's if, exactly what I was about to say is like, that's they why, are Muschamp, on the I mean, that's why Muschamp got the, I mean, Muschamp yeah. got a lot longer leash than Mullen. I mean, his teams were God awful, but he was yeah. recruiting like at a top five level and you know, people, and he actually seemed to like care. I think that was the other thing too. It's like, it, it appeared that Dan Mullen did not really care very much towards the end there. And that, that is like yeah. the death knell. At, that's the at, worst at, thing at, you could possibly do. Florida. You would right. rather um, have Muschamp punching whiteboards than someone to get kind of look spaced out. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. Um, Jason, Jason. But yeah, I, I I was about to say the same. Like as Florida fanny as Florida fans can get, they are also very educated and see several layers down. So, sure. Um, Jason, it's interesting you mentioned Mike Stoops because uh, Bob Stoops' name comes up. He's been resting for the past handful of years. He's only sixty-one. Um, he has coached at Florida before. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I think you'd have to pay, but I just. Think you would have to pay him so much money to coach like yeah. he would be making saving money to coach the gators i think which i mean he was great at oklahoma he's an organization builder he turned oklahoma around a, a, a once proud you know group um but dude he started coaching at oklahoma in like 1996 that was a long time ago so um but he rode that out for a long time and, and they were really good so i think that's interesting i just don't know i don't know that like again bob Stoops. Like, if you're going to hire Bob Stoops, I think you should really just try to hire Billy Napier, in my opinion. Not that, like, Napier has the track record of Stoops, clearly, but I think that's a similar approach. Like, ultra CEO, remake the whole structure of the organization, mm. and, um, you know, so I think that the hire that would be the smartest if Florida could pull it off would be Napier. That's my, my personal opinion. I, I know I said Cristobal on the podcast last time we talked, Jordan. I, I still think he would be good, but I think you're going to have to pay him way too much money um, mm-hmm. to see. I think he's likely he's going to recruit. The team's going to be talented. It's going to boil down to, you know, do they have a quarterback and who who are the coordinators, right? Because I just – I don't get a whole lot of warm and fuzzies from Mario Cristobal in-game, big game coach as big game coach. 
as evidenced by this weekend and others, not just one game. I mean, one game can one game can happen. It was certainly not a banner performance for Oregon this weekend. But um, and then yeah, I mean, I of course would totally hitch my hitch to Kiffin at this point. I think that would be I think that would be fun. And I've said it before. He's like the most spiritual descendant of uh, Spurrier that exists right now. And like I think that would be that would be fun in Florida. And would be, be interesting nice to shot see, like, in the arm for the Gators. Yeah, and like I don't know. And I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but I mean, Steve Spurrier's got an office in the building, right? He hangs it's out. Be Andy Staples' whole plan is to just make him interim head coach. I, I know, which I thought was delightful, but unfortunately, yeah. Greg Greg Knox, the special teams coach who coaches the special teams that can't make field goals or hit punts or catch punts or, uh, you know, foresee onside kicks or, um, you know, any of the other things. Return punts. Florida hasn't returned a punt for like more than three yards in, I couldn't tell you. It's been decades, it feels like, so... Um, anyhow, he's going to be the head coach, so get excited. Also, Dan Mullen was the play caller, so really, really interested to see how this goes against Florida State this weekend because this could, I mean, could, it's going to be something. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, I did see that uh, UMass is officially is officially locked up with our guy, the flying mustache, whose name is eluding me. At this Don, Don Brown. Brown. Don Brown. Thank you very much. I was just reading that. Um, who actually, and I didn't even realize this, was head coach at UMass. Oh, wow. That's yeah. one song. Oh, so this yeah. is a Randy Edsel situation. This is, a, this is a return. He coached there from 2004 to 2007. Wow. He was in the CAA with us. So Northeast wow. guys. Yeah. And actually came to UMass from Northeastern. Who Brian Kelly. no longer has a football program. Oh, wow, that sucks. Brian Kelly is going to be coaching in New Hampshire here pretty soon. Just all things... All things Connecticut. Tom is a flat circle. <laughs> um, I think that's the only other like big move. Miami still. Troy is also open. It oh, should be noted. Troy, they've had some decent years. Not lately, uh, I guess. I went to a what's summer. His, what's I went his name? Week long summer camp at Troy. Back when I lived in Alabama. What's his name? Went to West Virginia, and this was the replacement. He hasn't worked Neil out. Neil Brown. Neil Brown. Yeah, Neil, Neil Brown. Brown. Thank you. Um, Brown Neil. <laughs> so yeah that brings the list to it looks like 11 jobs open unless i messed one up that's usc fiu louisiana state washington state tcu i can take florida's dc off and just uh, all jobs are open in florida now so 10 uh washington virginia tech umass florida troy uh, and it looks like we've uh, oh yeah we filled umass so let's move that off the list too Sweet. Movers and shakers. Great. What was Don Brown doing? Arizona, D.C. Yeah. <laughs> that was so going a real well. inspiring that was, hire. By that, was going, that was going well this year, huh? <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I guess if you're UMass, you probably want someone to... Uh, a familiar face. Get right. get the cash flow to, to jumpstart. Didn't yeah. work out for old Walt Belt, you know. Damn. Who 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 could have foreseen that? He was the key. He was the key to get Sam Howell to Florida State. That's what the Florida State fans like to say. Yeah. They rue the day that Walt Bell left for UMass because that's when Sam Howell. Sam Howell left. could have stayed upright like maybe two weeks longer than potential <laughs> thin quarterbacks they were putting behind oh, that yeah. patchwork Ford, offensive what was line. His name James James something that guy. He was like six eight and just looked like he was just getting broke at all times. Felt bad for him. All right. Let's get to it. Uh, some football games happened this weekend as well. 
Uh, we talked Florida Mizzou, Florida lost in overtime. Missouri went for two. Shout out to Eli Drinkwitz for going for two in overtime to get the kill there uh, against the Gators. Great play, actually, that they ran. Kind of funneled all the pressure to them and, and threw the wide open guy. The quarterback threw it like almost horizontal, like he was horizontally yeah. bleeding back. The, right. So extra twist to the knife there. Florida did a great job on defense all night. They held Tyler Beatty, Batty, Beatty, whatever his name is, way down. He had he busted one run there in the fourth quarter for about 30 yards or so. But other than that, not very effective all night long. Florida's offense was absolutely putrid, terrible, just awful. So, I mean, a lot of – like it was it was eerily similar to that Kentucky game in which you were like, Florida's going to lose this game because the margin for error is going to be so low, and this Florida team definitely makes errors, you know? Yeah. It's, it's one thing if you're like Georgia and your team is so sound, like it's not reasonable to like think that anybody might ever score on you, but Florida's defense just jogs back out on the field, and like I guess we're just going to be confident in that, right? You know, so – that was that was weird. A lot of Emory Jones run plays. Florida only ran for like ninety yards in the game. It's weird, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Strange. So, uh, but yeah, sets up a just a banger of a matchup against FSU next week in the swamp. So can't wait. A couple of five five and six teams. Um, Florida Open is a ten point favorite, by the way. In case you guys were wondering, uh, who Vegas thinks is the better team there, which is. Well, this was pre-coach getting fired, though, so DVD oh, yeah. on how the line might have changed. Uh, Wake was at Clemson. I believe I teased this as this is the kind of game Wake Forest might, may lose just because Clemson's really good, and I don't know. Clemson, Clemson was really know good. They, you know, uh, Wake was not able to score enough points to really stay in this one. Clemson just kind of crushed them. Um, Clemson on the way back. Big Cinco? Uh, yeah, Big Cinco. I'll, I'll get back to that real quick. Uh, the updated line on Florida State, Florida. The Gators are favored by two points now. Oh, okay, good. All right, cool. Come so, back down. The Bang invisible the end of the market has uh, has moved some things around. But, uh, yeah, Big Cinco. I don't, I don't know if that was a DJU uh, nickname prior to this week, but I did hear Booger McFarlane use it in the halftime show. Uh, of whatever game I was watching at the time, and I loved it. It is it is simple. It is clean. It gets the point across. Uh, does all the things that Nick. It's informational. It tells yeah. you who to look for. Educational. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I they got okay. a winner. Now he uh, he certainly took advantage of getting to play against Wake Forest, like like I posited that he might. Um, <laughs> so hopefully for you know. I, I also Wake Forest saw, is basically rich. Wake Forest is basically rich man's Virginia this year, right? Like they're just like yeah, or poor man's Virginia, depending on you know which <laughs> week you catch them on. But uh, that might be true. I uh, like I saw David Hale mention today that like Clemson is has only lost three games. Yeah, this year, which like you wouldn't know it, and it's kind of ridiculous that they're still not ranked because um, their losses came to the number one team. In the country, in uh, week one, yeah, yeah, in a game to, that was like a three-point game, right, or a seven to point. I believe the number seventeen or whatever NC State's ranked, right. um, and then they lost an overtime game to somebody. I don't know if that was NC State or not, but um, it it's kind of strange that I mean I would hope I think they did ranked. lose an overtime game to NC State. Okay, yes, I'm with you. All right, well, the third was something else, but I mean it kind of 
it kind of has felt like they were a four or five loss team at this point in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, which they set a high standard for themselves. They just haven't looked like they haven't looked over like like good they've not been any, any of the wins. Right, yeah. right. Their offense has been they've been very one dimensional. It's just weird. We're not used to seeing Clemson like just lean on their defense to have to grind games out because their offense is so ineffective. And I mean, it was plenty effective, but I think Wake Forest defense might be the cure for the common uh, cure for the common running game. Yeah. Cure for what else? Yeah. Right. Um, did you get a load of any of this? Uh, this is this is one of my gambling successes over the weekend. VPI at Miami. Let me tell you, love love to see it. Oh yeah, that was a sweaty one, Jason. I, I I really had to sweat out the under. I had the under in this one. I think it was at like sixty five and a half, and we were at sixty four with like ten minutes left in the game. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> there was a lot of volatility in this game too. By the a way, a lot I of mean, rain as well. Like it was it, pouring. Yes. And uh, so the uh, the team in the booth was uh, some some Not ACC network guy, but. Also, Roddy Jones, um, who he former Falcons receiver Roddy Jones. I'm trying. I'm pulling up where he. That's Roddy White. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, he played at Georgia Tech. Okay, so he had brought up during the game, like, man, this was, this is just like that game in '09 when we played at Virginia. Oh my gosh! I was like, (laughs) oh. That was that was the hill slide game for Logan in the cube. Um, the infamous mudslide game. But he he was talking about like every time Virginia would get the ball, the rain would stop, but when we got the ball, it would just start dump raining again. And that's kind of how it was in the Miami game. Like Miami would get the ball, and the rain would turn to a mist, and then Virginia Tech would get the ball, and it would just open wide up. It was <laughs> nuts. Um, yeah, there was a lot of that. Uh, Virginia Tech's quarterback was so dirty. He was so muddy, and like there were numerous linemen that were just like completely clean on Virginia yeah, Tech. Yeah, this is a back, quarter- backup quarterback, by the yes. way. Burmeister Blum- got hurt, I think. Blumrick. They have a Burmeister and a Blumrick, I believe. Yeah. So old Blumrick comes in. He's got a stash. Potentially has a mullet. Got the flow going down. Um, also, this freaking this this <laughs> interim coach for Virginia Tech is straight out of Central Casting. For who should be this interim head coach? For who I mean, should JD? play Mike Bocock in a movie? I mean, this yes, or who should play Mike? But legendary. JD coached at JMU years back. My man has JC Price he, did. Yeah, wow. He's got to be. He's got to be packing hammer, just hammer chaws. He, he's one of those guys long. who, like, you just looking at him, like he might not dip, but he looks like he's <laughs> yes, he looks dipping. like he dips. He looks like he smells like red pants. Yeah, I mean, it's just like that's what he looks like. But um, anyhow, a charming, a charming character was wearing the like ventilated quasi fishing polo that was just awesome. <laughs> like, just in the rain, completely drenched. Not a rain jacket to be seen. Granted, it's Miami. No one wants. I mean, you might as well just embrace the rain. Yeah, it's just water. Just yeah, it's worse jacket. to put on a rain jacket in Miami because then you're just like saunaing yourself. Super steamed up. Yeah. But, um, anyhow, I mean, the game was actually kind of fun. There were some big plays in this game, kind of went back and forth. Um, Miami eventually, you know, got up by enough of a margin and uh, sort of sat on the game. And, you know, shout out to them for not scoring at the very end, going over in the game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was a game. It was fun. I mean, it was like, it was just like 
quintessential college football, like kind of sloppy. And there were some big plays and some big drops and just, you know, just a lot of things going on. Yeah. Great ACC Network commercial lineup, of course. Oh, yeah. The, the tax shaver got its time <laughs> for sure. I love I love the I, I just can't get enough of the police ID. Uh, ID oh, yeah, police, I saw that one whatever, today. Whatever it is, that one's good. And the uh, the the one for like they have to, there's like four different hearing aid commercials. Uh-huh. And one of them is like very sure to remind you that this actually is a hearing aid, not not in, just an amplifier like those other trash ones that they probably also you know <laughs> uh, have on this commercial on this channel. So love that. Um, and then we had Iowa State, Oklahoma. I think I was listening maybe to some radio whip around coverage and heard some of this. Watched a little bit of it. It's kind of uninspiring. Not the most fun football game in the world. Iowa State's lost a lot of close games this year. Maybe a little bit of a disappointing year for them. Oklahoma kind of looks like they're running on ga- running on fumes right now. Not really sure what's going on with the offense there at Oklahoma. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, they seem to be uh, efforting to get to the finish line. It is not. Yes. It is not a uh, a graceful stride at this point, which is. Yeah, it's kind of surprising given how like much of a well-oiled day machine they looked uh, after inserting Caleb Williams in there. But I'm wondering how much of that is like, okay, we got some film on the kid now, and uh, we can start we can start picking at some things that he's maybe not suited to go up against yet. So, sure, uh, correct. Yeah, Bedlam should be fun. Yeah, we'll see. DVD. This isn't the most fun Oklahoma State team. It could be low scoring, which would be interesting. Oh, Bedlam could go under then. Maybe. Yeah. yeah huh. I don't I don't hate that. Don't hate that. I might have to might have to take a pick a gander. Jason, did you did you have any college football takeaways from the weekend you wanted to give out? Not really. Uh yesterday was travel day for us. Oh, okay. That's right. Um, and then it was get ready for so the week and you're all just that. slamming through athletic articles all day. Pretty much, yeah. That's that's what I do. That's what you do. Because I have Good. a subscription. Update us on – I don't want to hear that. Update us on the Dukes. Uh, today was Selection Sunday. Ah, it was, yes. Uh, so the Dukes uh, laid waste to um, Towson yesterday. The Tigers. The Tigers to the tune of a 56-10 to 10 beating. That could have been way worse. We kind of pulled the starters at the start of the fourth. Um. Dang. It led to the DNR is running a headline that says last laugher because um, the DNR might hate the CAA more than we do at this point. Okay. Uh, seemed kind of harsh, but I, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so anyways, we were, we knew going into the day that we would probably get picked anywhere from the two seed to the four seed. Uh, our coach said that it's obvious that we should be the two seed. Um, I think he's probably right. But we kind of had a feeling that we would be where we were picked, which was the three seed, um, which means we actually so will host. We get a bye this weekend. On December 4th, we will host the winner of Southeastern Louisiana and Florida A&M. Ah, oh, Cela and FAMU. FAMU. Indeed, FAMU. And, the Rattlers. Uh, 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 I owned a great hat from FAMU back in high school. Okay. Um, if we win that, the best team in Tallahassee. Some are saying. Some people are talking about it. Um, if we win that, we will likely meet number six Montana at home in the quarterfinals. Oh, the Grizz. 
Um, Shades of 2008 or 2009. 2004 and 2008. And if we win that, then the problem with getting the three seed instead of the two means we will likely be going to the Fargo Dome to play North Dakota State. Ah. Which, as you can imagine, JMU fans are displeased about. They don't like going there? Well, nobody likes going there. We're the only team (laughs) ever to ever beat them in Fargo in the playoffs. Um, well, let's go. We ain't scared anytime, any place, baby. Strap them up. You better bring, you better pack a lunch, baby. You can lock gates saying. in North Dakota gonna be a, as well. It's going to be a long damn day. You better pack a lunch. Let them know. Let them know. Um, yeah, so that's the situation. 3C going into uh, what will be our final FCS playoffs, I believe. Lord willing. Yeah, so... Anyways, well, that's hey, the Dukes. Dukes. Yeah, go Dukes. Yeah, ESPN absolutely. Plus, December 4th at 2 p.m. Bridgeforth Stadium. You know, I, you I have really an ESPN need to just Plus bite login the bullet. Sorry, I really just need to bite the bullet and and jump in on the like the tri package yeah, deal yeah, of yeah. the Hulu, Disney Plus, ESPN it's, Plus. It's, it's a really good trifecta. Yeah. Because I use Hulu for my streaming anyhow. Oh, yeah. And I had a Disney Plus for a while when Marvel was cranking out content. So, oh, yeah. I think we have the problem is if you are just a shyster like like we are, and you you maybe have like an arrangement with some others in which you pay for certain services and they pay for certain a services. caravan of services. Yeah. And and then so it's like yeah, it does make fiscal sense to do it if you're paying for everything. But if like you know if I'm skimming that that freesky Hulu and that freesky Disney Plus, you know I don't really at this point. I guess I could fork over some ESPN plus money. You get discounts on the uh, the UFC cards too, don't you? Uh, I yeah, I don't know how that works because there's like a pay per view leg of ESPN plus. So right, but it's usually just for like the UFC, like the fights and stuff, right? Yeah, I would assume. Another another uh, another bet that hit for me on Saturday was on the fight. <laughs> I got I got a, I got a boost on uh, Crawford to win and. By uh, by stoppage, not by not by decision. Wow, <laughs> you know that hit. I was stoked. I was just fist pumping in bed, seven forty-five this morning. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Let's get to picks. I'm sure it went great for us all. Uh, it did not, Logan. <laughs> chief, chief amongst them, you. Like um, I said, had a great gambling weekend with live bullets. I'm over this BS that we do. Like, <laughs> Fake picking. Wow. Right wow. You're too big, <laughs> too yeah. big for the spreadsheet. I said now. it. I said it. Too big yeah. for the spreadsheet. Yep. Let's so, uh, what's to his, recap, what's his career record again? To recap oh. week 12, Mr. Too That's Big the for the spreadsheet went 0 and 5. Love that for me. Uh, Jason went 2 and 3. I went 3 and 2. The 2021 standings remain Jason in first place. He is 28 and 32. I am a game behind in second with 27 wins and Logan uh, squarely yeah. in third place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two, two full games behind me. <laughs> Thank so, you. Uh, so there have been 12 weeks in the season and I have gone two and three in eight of them. Yeah. Well, you think you're better than me? Consistency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you are the only one to this point that has avoided the golden sombrero. That's a fair point. Knock on wood. Yeah. We we got a couple weeks left, namely one. Frankly, it's impressive that with two of them on your record, you're still twenty seven and thirty three. You know, Jordan's a high volatility gambler. 
Yeah. We've, said, we've always said this. Yeah, well, I found I found my pick juice in week 10, and I am uh, 10 and 4 since. 10 and 5. So, 10 and it was five. the Waterloos. The Waterloos really, really uh, started... Yeah, I think I don't, I don't like the, the coin essence, flipping. Whatever essence the Waterloo folks are using, I think it uh, hampered my decision making ability. So I'm off that now. I'm back to okay. the Polar family. Team Polar. Team Polar. Team Callaway. All right. Uh, game number one was the nooner, the, the lone nooner of the day. And it was Michigan State at Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State covered the number, which was 19, in both the first and second quarters, uh, independent <laughs> of each other. A this, real Samford against Florida effort by Ohio State in this game, I must say. Yeah, it was uh, it was very impressive to to see. Like, I don't know, it's a top 10 matchup. Should Michigan State really be getting 19 whole points? Yeah, they needed a lot more than 19. <laughs> yeah. Like. That was bad. Their defense is terrible. I mean, I guess I didn't realize like how. I mean, we, we did mention that they had like statistically the worst pass defense. It did. I think Stroud was thirty three to thirty five in this game for like five hundred some yards and six touchdowns. I mean, it was a clinic. It looked like like Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, like fully dialed up with Kyler, just like guys wide open on the post all the yeah, time. Yeah, going against just a sham of a big 12 defense. Like right, right. that was, Kansas, that was the yeah. worst big 12 defense you could have thrown out there. Right. Which is pretty rough. So anyhow, I hope Mel Tucker got that contract signed. Shots yeah. A lot of, a lot of jokes on the timeline about, Oh, I, I hope Mel Tucker's going in at halftime and logging into DocuSign and all the sports <laughs> writers are going, no, <laughs> a real knee slapper there, Pete. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I got a little chuckle, but once I saw it for the ninth time. Yeah, the first time I saw it, I was like, "All right, good for you. You beat the wave. You right. you got out in front of it." I will like else. I'll give that one a courtesy yeah. like. But uh, yeah, Ohio State looks really good. Their defense looks great too now, which is, you know, got to be tough. Got to be tough for other schools in the conference, notably Michigan next week. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that's all I got. Uh, I mean, yeah, not, not much else to say. I mean, Michigan State was completely bottled up. It just wasn't it wasn't wasn't happening for them this year. They they had Ohio State's full attention too. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm interested to see. Well, before I say that, we'll go to the first three thirty game was Arkansas at Alabama. Ugh. Ar Arkansas did not go quietly into the night. Uh, this is also no. the second week in maybe three or four where Alabama has struggled with a lesser team at home. Um, they, yeah. they did not put away LSU very convincingly. Uh, they It was a one-score win against Arkansas. So I am curious to see what the committee does with Alabama, if anything, um, this to me is a little concerning to be performing this way, uh, this late in the year when in contrast, you have Ohio state just lighting the world on fire and destroying yes. everything in their path. Um, so yeah, I, I will keep a curious eye on the results of the rankings this week. Yes. I'm hundred percent with you, Jordan. I think that Alabama has played themselves out of consideration for 
like all benefit of the doubt if they lose to Georgia is is um, it's over. They're not going they they're not getting to the playoff, and they shouldn't. They they're not going to be deserving of getting to the playoff. I don't. Well, I, I think those are two very different statements that you just made in one sentence. Well, yeah, uh, that that might be true. Um, I think the entire reason why, because I don't think Alabama should have been ranked two previously. I would agree. I think the entire the entire reason they were there is to prep for even with a loss, we still got them we in. We can get at them four. in. Yeah. yeah. Or even three to avoid another rematch with Georgia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, sure, that might be fine. Um, I just I think that they've played themselves out of you know they they should have at this point played themselves out of it like. This, this whole committee thing to me is very dumb because ultimately at the end of the day, it seems like they're just trying to craft fun matchups and things that they think and like playing the games has to matter. And like Cincinnati refusing to beat a team that is crappy by more than seven points has to matter the same way that Alabama refusing to beat a team that is crappy, that doesn't have a coach or is super one-dimensional like Arkansas and runs a gimmicky offense um it you know that has that has to matter and um you know shout out to arkansas for being tough and yeah um they were not tough on defense that that's for sure but like what is alabama doing they let these teams hang around it's it's very strange to see alabama doing this it's just like jarring because georgia is like so far and away the best team in the country this year and to see alabama like they just look they look really young and they might be really young but like that's usually not an excuse for alabama and this year it might actually be which is weird. They're making um, making weird bonehead defensive plays, which is maybe the yeah. first time we've seen that from Alabama in ten years. It is right. untied like. And, and I know everyone wants to just like hang Pete Golding, their defensive coordinator, but like, you know, again, sometimes these guys, he's not out there making the making the bad choices on the Missing field. Ankle tackles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Um, their offense was fine. I think Bryce Young set an Alabama school record for passing yards in this game. Threw for like five hundred and fifty yards, uh, which is a lot, and. Um, but even so, like sometimes their offense to me, they just like they, they have these just gaps in the games where you're like just not sure what happened. They just like don't show up for seven straight minutes of a game, and you're like, you should have scored three touchdowns in this in this span of time. Right. Like, and Alabama last year would have RPO'd you, the life out of you and and just absolutely killed you. And it, it just kind of seems like they have a quarterback that is more suited to do that this year than like they did last year, and they they refuse to do it. Bryce Young is great. He stands there. He's very mm-hmm. poised in the pocket. Can deliver the, the ball, but it's very, it's just very interesting. But hey, shout out to Arkansas, I guess. Yeah, good for them. I feel a little bad for Arkansas because, again, I do think they're getting better, but like, I just don't see a world in which Arkansas is gonna like upset a team. You know what I'm saying? Like, they seem like the classic team that, like, if they're favored to win, they will win because they are tough and they will show up and they. We'll bring their lunch pail and make it difficult and all that. But like that just rarely works against teams that you're maybe more like you have a bit of a talent gap to. I mean, we saw it against Georgia to an extreme degree yeah. earlier this year. Um, saw it against Alabama a little bit tonight. Yeah. They did score right at the very end to cut it to one score too. It wasn't like it was like last team to score wins, but ultimately that's kind of how it shook out. Fair enough. Uh, a game that was not last score wins by any stretch of the imagination was SMU at Cincinnati. We had that game. Uh, Cincinnati finally like showed up for four quarters. It would appear. I I didn't see much of this, but uh, they took it to SMU from the jump, and 
Yeah. I, it, I picked SMU in this game. I'll, I'll go back and listen to the tape, but I think I think you had SMU. Maybe I did. I just like I'm thinking about it now. I'm I'm very disappointed in myself. <laughs> we'll we'll go VAR it uh later yeah. this week. Um yeah. maybe Logan can salvage a one and four. But uh <laughs> <laughs> make up a make up a whole game on Jordan, not a half game, a whole game. Yeah, the I, I actually... come away from this like I think more frustrated than anything. It's like where was this from you guys? Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, man! Like, I'm glad it's here, but like, why did it take this long? You're killing me! I'm out yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, Cincinnati does the same thing Alabama does, in my mind. Like, they, they they are very similar teams in that they just go for stretches of the game and just don't show up on offense. And then, you know, they look back and it's like, oh, man, we only beat that team by 11 points. We should have beat them by 40. It's like, yeah, you should have. I, hate, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you, you didn't do it, Dez. So, um, but their defense is good. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth noting that this uh, game was somehow more lopsided than it looked yeah. Um, SMU scored both of his touchdowns, like less than 10 minutes left. Oh, uh, total yards Sunny was going for the back door. 540 yards to 199. SMU did not gain two football fields worth of yards. Well, it's wild. Didn't like, did, was it Bill C that wrote the piece? It was like, I mean, if, if anyone could take advantage of, of Cincinnati's kind of defensive, uh, approach. uh, yeah, liabilities or like potential weaknesses. SMU is tailor made for it, and they boy did not they so not. much. <laughs> yeah, the SMU's quarterback had 15 completions for 66 yards. Ooh, oh, four and a half per completion. It goes to Mark Verica. Well, he he threw some deep balls. He threw some. Deep you're balls. right. You're right. He was one of those quarterbacks that kept both teams in the game. <laughs> yes. Also, Mark Verica had incredible just like scruff for a college kid. <laughs> He's like Matt Leinart level scruff. <laughs> yeah, just, just like just looks so thick. hot. Just so hot from such an early age. Shout out to him. We love it. We love it. All right. Speaking of Mark Verica. Speaking of Mark Verica, the ghost of Mark Verica was was in Heinz Field, maybe. I don't know. Uh the Who's went to Pittsburgh and covered the 14 and a half, but also committed a lot of special teams sins, and oh. that that did them in. Um, could have won. Could have won the football game. Should have won I mean, the football. Yeah, game, they, honestly. They, I think the post game win expectancy, Bill C's had uh, hit only at a forty six percent percent chance of winning based on the post game. I mean, that's pretty even, but still. Yeah, like this. This uh, was, to, to win the game by ten. You know that was. <laughs> yeah, this was the game I was locked in on. Uh, Armstrong was back. He looked great. Like he never and left. Into it, yeah. Like, jeez. I, I was, looking back, I was kind of thinking like, w- was was he milking it a little bit during the warm up before Notre Dame, where he was like, Small noticeably just like wincing and like, uh, over the top, him? like, yeah. Uh. It's like, ah. Uh. Um. Anyhow, shout out to his ribs for for letting him spin the pill the way he did. Uh. Broke Matt Schaub's single season uh, Tud passes record uh, with a game left in the regular season and a bowl game. The um, game in hand. Yeah. And one the, not played last week. I th- Yeah, I think, you know, the defense, I think, was called better 
and I think schematically they are doing the things they should be doing for that personnel. I think they're playing a lot more two four five instead of three three five, um, which I think is helping. Um, and like the defense got in the backfield, got numerous yeah. sacks, numerous pressures. They the pressures uh, got to Pickett and made him throw some bad balls. They picked him off twice. Like this was more, I think, of the defense I have been hoping, at least defensive approach, not necessarily execution all the time, but the approach was what I have been hoping to see from UVA for most of the year. So I I guess I am a little encouraged um, that it is taking some hold, a little disappointed it took this long, Um, but special teams was a killer. They gave up a kick return for a touchdown, and also – when late in the fourth or middle of the fourth quarter, when they had held Pitt to a field goal attempt, uh, fourth and four, they jump offsides, uh, extend the Pittsburgh drive. Picks, Pitt turns that into a touchdown instead. That, was a dagger. Uh, that sucked. Yeah. So they they get the ball down ten rather than down six, and it was it was yeah it was curtains. But uh, yeah, I I feel slightly optimistic about next week and i'm ready to get hurt again shout out to michael scott i am absolutely definitely ready to get hurt again yep can't wait can't wait for the uh the the pfg wearing dipping coach to just really take it to the who's but yeah it was good to see armstrong play um the offense is a delight he does a great job of like throwing the ball to a space and the receivers go get it for him which is awesome and like when you actually like look behind us, man, how did he fit it through there? But it's just like they, he has like tremendous timing and, and chemistry with Wicks, especially. But yeah. a lot of the receivers, and uh, it's good to see the the giant tight end get involved. Love love a oh, good he, Jelani, he was Jelani Woods. Some people too. Yes, yes, he was. <laughs> so. he, had a, he had a very angry catch and run up the seam uh on that last drive i believe it was like I mean, probably could have gotten called for targeting the way he like discarded one of the safeties <laughs> absolutely lowered the crown of his helmet and rung his bell and then just kept going going yeah love so. it love to see it but yeah no i mean it'll be it'll be interesting next week i just wonder if well you, you hate to say it but i wonder if virginia tech could score with with Virginia. And I know that Virginia's defense does a great job of allowing for an offense to get a rhythm and, and get going. But um, I don't know. I mean, Virginia just seems like they seems like they, they score points in bunches and that's uh, that's fun if you're not going to be great. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> put it that way. Yeah. So that that line opened uh, Virginia minus eight. So we'll see how, oh, wow. how that gets treated. The is uh do we know if Blumrick is, is supposed to be playing quarterback? He's gonna be out there. It's just sunshine in it. Yeah, I don't know. That that could be a deciding factor. Um. Uh, final game of the night: Oregon at Utah. Oh man, I thought this line was a little fishy. It was not. Jason, did you get to catch any of this? Were you? Yeah, I actually, I actually saw. I think it's on the, the ground at this point. Yeah, I think a good chunk of the damage was done. Um, by the time I turned it on, but, uh, yeah, it, it didn't look, I think I flipped it on at halftime. Okay. 
Uh, no, no, the first play I saw was the punt return at the end of the half. That's right. Um, yeah, and, what, a, what a play that was. Yeah. And then, um, so like right at a half, like Oregon took it down the field and you were like, okay, all right. Maybe they just had a bad half. Maybe yeah, this they adjusted. And the, that was the last we heard from Oregon. Um, yeah. Utah just thumped them. Just put the paws on them early. It also looked like a great college football atmosphere, too. It did, yeah. Like that place was dude, it was it was bumping. Was popping and sounded loud as tits. But uh I, I wanna get back to, to Utah's uh uniform situation yeah. I texted you guys about. The yeah. Full gray. It looked very I think my issue is that it looked very Washington Statey. Yeah. Um and oh, I, yeah. I, I think that's, that's why like I was having bad feelings about my pick when I saw him, because I was like, oh, no, I've been burned by the Cougars so much in my past. Um, but then I saw they get let out of a tunnel by a guy on a motorcycle. Um, so that that kind of gave me renewed hope. And, uh, yeah, they took care of business. Uh, Elevation Boys play. Get on, get on the wagon, guys. It's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this looked like the tough Utah team that we were kind of – for whatever reason, picking tons of games for a couple of years ago. I mean, they they were awesome on defense, and they didn't really do anything particularly fancy or exotic on offense. They just were mega effective, and yeah, you know. And then they got uh, just a Florida level back breaking punt return right before the uh, right before the half. That was, yeah, was, like, was at the buzzer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was right. as the half ended. So what is that guy's name? That guy's name is Britton, Britton Covey. Covey? Covey. I heard yeah. a wild stat about Britton Covey. He played, I think Michigan played Utah, and Britton Covey played in the first game of the Jim Harbaugh era. Oh, yeah. So this was, He has been at Utah for that long. Isn't he the guy that he, like, he, he redshirted in 2015 and is eligible next year? I don't know, but he's like, yeah, he's like some by, by some ridiculous like means uh, has has been around for. Did he go on a mission of some sort? Is I don't know. Maybe that's a good point. He is okay. is Utahstian. Yeah, so he has. Uh, Britton Covey has said that this is likely his last year at Utah, but he hasn't made a decision. <laughs> um, he's twenty four years old and has a year of college eligibility left. Dang. I mean, why not at this point, Britton? What are you going to do at twenty five? Go play for the Patriots. Go play Clearly. for the Pats with, uh, with our guy. He's going to be catching six-yard digs from Mac Jones for 11 years. Wearing the wearing the bobblehead helmet. Yeah, you're going to have Britton Covey on one side and Keaton Thompson on the other, and you, you got 12-5 and five every year, like clockwork um, for the Pats. That's true. Yeah, I do think I, – I shouldn't have hyped up that, that Utah blasted them so early because in reality it's just – there was just a – a wave at the end. Yeah. They scored 21 points in the last 10 or five minutes of the first half. Which is, um, yeah, it's not nothing, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was only seven, nothing there for a good chunk of yeah. the first half. So. so kudos to the defense for keeping Oregon down as long as they did. But this is the, this is why people have trust issues with Mario Cristobal. Yeah. Big game. I know Oregon was a little dinged up at receiver apparently, but did not really seem to come in with the game plan to take it to Utah's defense at all. And yeah, was not able to make was not the, the pace car in this. No. And they were not able to adjust 
And that might be because they're playing a quarterback who transferred from Boston College, guys. Been saying it all year. Finally been in the It's good to see. Love, love to see that it's finally come full circle. But <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, just it was a it was a bad night for Oregon for sure. Um, but uh, you know, I kind of figured that Moorhead would have maybe had something a little bit more for Utah, but who knows? So Oregon this year lost to Utah, lost Stanford, uh Pac 12 out of the out of the playoff discussion for now it's true one down we just got to get a few more conferences out so we can have three sec teams in guys well i mean pack 12's out acc's out uh big 12 is fixing to be big 12 is looking like they're out so if oklahoma wins next week bedlam do they play oklahoma state again the following week are we are we about to have a back-to-back week bedlam situation i think we might i hope so or it's the other way around. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the uh... like. If Oklahoma State wins, then they play Oklahoma again the following week. Bedlam, part D. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll do a little research. Since, uh, or, or maybe we will. Or maybe, TV maybe TV. not. No, maybe not. Or not. We got coaches to hire and fire. We got coaches to hire and fire. We got uh, Thanksgiving to happen this week. Right. We got a lot right. going on. We got some golf to play Friday morning. Oh, you're right about that. We got the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night too. That'll be fun. Yeah. True. Looking forward to that. We might not. We might not have a recording in, but we'll have to get some official pot, uh, picks up. On we'll the, tweet uh, the picks. We'll yeah. make our yearly tweet of the Thanksgiving picks. <laughs> Along with our uh, our sides, our, our pick the pick of the sides. Side all right cool well that's all i got uh you guys got anything else it's been a fun one i think i'm good the season's winding down guys it's almost over one more week really man yeah well i guess we got army navy a couple weeks after that right isn't there always like army navy like randomly in the middle of oh, december yeah, week, for no reason week rivalry, the week after week conference championship one. week oh yeah yeah you're right you're right so we respect the troops, is what we're saying. Obviously. Always well, when Tim say. when Tim Tebow's announces the Florida Gators head coach in two weeks, if you guys hear a noise in the distance, it's me combusting. <laughs> so don't You're worry. Falling on a sword. <laughs> it's me. It's me. It's me becoming officially Hurricane slogan, and I'm just gonna go full full Miami Hurricanes. That's it's just gonna have to be how. It, how You're just it goes. gonna follow Lane wherever he goes. Yeah, that's I'm gonna become last. I'm gonna become last from Cutler Ridge, and I'm just gonna start talking about the 305 and like various boroughs thereof, and say bro a lot, which I already do. You know. Yeah, you're halfway there. Hey, bro. Okay, bros. Well, it's been fun. Uh, this is the wheel route. You know what it is. We're at the wheel route. Wheel route podcast gmail.com is the email address thewheelroute.com is the pick spreadsheet you can go there you can argue on logan's behalf that he there's no way he picked SME last week even though it's totally plausible but that's sad anyhow we love you thanks for joining us go gators go who's hey go dukes